Okay, can you hear me? Yes. I'd like to welcome everybody tonight. This is our third week of our Thursday ministry series. And the book we're studying in the Bible is? Exodus. Exodus. So you should have a sheet with you entitled God's Calling of His Servant Moses. Everybody got a sheet? Need to have a sheet for tonight. So in the past semesters, we've been through the book of Genesis. If you missed that one, too bad for you. It was great. And we'll visit it again sometime. But you're here for Exodus, so you can always make it up. So uh, in Genesis, we saw a lot of different men and women, and they had mostly individual experiences of Christ. God's calling spiritual experiences. When we get to Exodus, it shifts focus to a group of people that have spiritual experiences as a group. And that's the book of Exodus. Probably many of you know the story. There's a lot of uh, very dramatic uh, scenes in the book of Exodus. Uh, I'd say it makes uh, some of the Star Wars films and stuff look like kids play. <laughs> Because that's all fantasy. But this is reality. This really happened. There is really a God, and he really has a heart's desire, and he's after a people, and that people is us. We're part of that people. So this isn't Hollywood. It's not Star Wars. It's very exciting, uh, very um, dramatic. Certain scenes in Exodus are captivating. I just go back and read them and just imagine being there and what it would be like. And oh man, I just feel God is all over this. <laughs> so I hope you're reading the book of Exodus. And tonight you get a little taste for all the riches we see in the book of Exodus. It's going to be a special night because I'm going to trim down my speaking. That's special when you hear less of me. <laughs> and you're going to get here from some of your fellow students. Uh, it's about an internship program that's offered here on the campus at UT for students just like you. Many of you have already experienced that in past summers and have already signed up for 2015. But we'd like to spend a little bit of time as we're going into the spring semester and you're thinking about your summer and what's ahead. We'd like you to consider God's calling to you and you being able to serve him. So we'll spend a little bit of time on that tonight and you'll hear from a number of students. We might have time to actually have an open mic or open floor where some of you <clears throat> could share your experiences in the past. Some of you uh, were met in the summer as freshmen. Some of you be doing, uh, participating in the internship this coming summer. You're kind of excited about it and may want to share something. So we'll get to that section. So I'm going to try to just hit a few high points. I can't do it justice. Uh, sorry, I can just make one or two points. I hope you get something. And then we'll just leave it up to you. I don't even know if I have group time. There's some great ministry reading I have for us, but I'm not sure we'll get to that. So sorry for cutting that short, but... I think you'll enjoy the student sharing. We'll actually have a little video uh, to lead that sharing off. So let's get back to Exodus. Uh, so we're talking about a corporate people. And the books of Exodus 
follows Genesis, actually it's a continuation of the book of Exodus. And it has a particular subject, all of you are studying something here, some subject at UT. Um, and so we need to know what we're studying here. What is the subject of this book? What is God trying to tell us in this book? So we want to back up a little bit and see what is the subject of this book about? And then two nights, two, two weeks ago, Brother Neil gave us a sketch. I'd like to review that real quickly. And then last week, Carrie gave us uh, still kind of a continuing sketch, an overview of God's revelation, the revelation of God and of his building, his purpose, which really occupies the book of Exodus. It's revealing God. God is progressively revealed through the Old Testament until he appears in the flesh in the New Testament. <laughs> That's great. That's a big step forward. And his heart's desire, his purpose is revealed, especially in Exodus. He has something on his heart. Jet, you probably have something on your heart. You're here at UT studying what? Engineering. Engineering, okay. So you're a serious student. <laughs> Not that the business folks aren't serious and the rest of us, but, you know, UT engineering, you got to crank it up a little bit. So you got something in your heart, some kind of, you kind of maybe mapped out a little bit. You know, there's a purpose there. Well, that's, you have a purpose because our God has a purpose. The reason man has a purpose for his life is that he's made in God's image and likeness. So we have that same faculties and we, we also want to accomplish something in our lives. It's good that you're in school. In fact, we'll see Moses was a very educated man. So I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're studying. And we'll see how the Lord's going to use that. Not just for your purpose, but he has something in mind. So we get to Exodus. In Exodus, they've been enslaved. Sorry to say that God, God's people uh, went down to Egypt, which typifies the world we live in today. And the world we live in today... Uh, has rulers, outward rulers. There's also spiritual rulers. And Pharaoh, the ruler of Egypt, also signifies the spiritual ruler, evil ruler, Satan. God has an enemy. need to be aware of that enemy and his desire to stop the Lord's purpose. So here they are in Egypt, not accomplishing God's purpose. They were enjoying things in Egypt, but they were enslaved. They were actually slaves. The Bible calls it a slave house. A slave house. Task, they were under taskmasters. And they were not serving God. They were serving Pharaoh and building up his treasure cities. Just like in the day in the world, people who don't know the Lord and are following the Lord, they're building something. What are they building up? The world system. It just gets more accelerated. It gets more complicated. It gets more revealed. Uh, and so today, same thing going on. So this is a picture of us. Even in Corinthians, it tells us that these are examples of us. So when you're reading Exodus, they're just pictures and types of us who are in the reality. Because now the crisis come, we have the real life of God. And we're fulfilling his purpose. So in Exodus, if you look on the outline, the subject is, let's read the subject together. It's a very long subject. I want to just highlight a few words so you get the, the meat. So let's all read the subject together. Ready, set, go. Christ is the redemption, salvation, and supply of God's people, and the means for them to worship and serve God, so that in him they may build up. 
Okay, what'd you just read? <laughs> Not too sure what you just read. So let's go back and underline the word Christ. Christ. Underline Christ. Put a star on Christ. Circle Christ. That's what we're talking about in type and pictures. And then you can underline the second line for them to worship and serve God. So Christ is necessary. If we're going to worship and serve God, we have to have Christ. That's the one that pleased the Father, the only one pleasing to Him. So apart from Christ, there's really no service and worship to God. And you're going to underline one more phrase, that they may be built up with God. So there is a direction, there is a purpose that God wants his people built up with him. He wants to meet with them. He wants to communicate with them. He wants to mutually dwell with them. God is desirous to meet with us, to communicate with us. Ah, oh, communicating with God and mutually dwelling with God. That's juicy. That sounds good. That sounds like purpose. That sounds like what I like to do. Yes. And we get to do it for eternity. If we've received Christ, that's going to be our eternal portion. And not just with God, but all the dear brothers and sisters that also have Christ in them. Jared, imagine that, brother. You team may be good a few years with old Ty here, but it just gets better. Definitely. More God, more expression with his people forever, eternally with God. So, he wants to accomplish this, and the picture here is in Exodus. So they ended up in Egypt, not with God, but serving another master. And by the way, they're going to serve God, and everybody's serving somebody. So people who say, I'm not a slave to anybody, I don't have any master, I don't have any, I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, in bondage to anything. No, sorry, you are. You just don't realize it. You've been so deceived, you don't even realize that you're sitting in the hand of Satan and you're just putty in his hand. He's using you for his purpose, but you're even deceived. So don't buy it that, oh, I'm a free guy. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't answer anybody. I have no master. No, nope, wrong. Well, we want our master to be God. So these people had slipped down into Egypt. And they've been there for about 300 years as we were entering the book of Exodus. And they're crying out to the Lord eventually. So he prepares a servant. And this servant's name is Moses. And so in Exodus, Moses is a key, key figure. You're going to read about him through the whole book. Unlike Exodus, when it talked about a lot of different people, in Exodus, it's, you're going to see Moses throughout. In fact, this whole book covers about one year of time. It was about the year 1491 B.C. The way I remember it is 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. That's, 14, that's 1492 A.D. This is 1492 B.C. All times measured by Christ. Whether you're before Christ or after Christ, your clock is based on that person because he's the real person. He's the reality. So we're way back in time, and it's time to get out of Egypt. But he has to raise up someone to help the people get out. So there is a birth of a dear, lovely boy named Moses, meaning drawn out. Why would his name be drawn out? Why would his mother, or why would his name be drawn out? 
Anybody have an idea? What? Okay, you know the story? At that time, the Hebrew people were flourishing in Egypt. They were outnumbering the Egyptians. They were vigorous. They were strong. They, the Egyptians were worried, Pharaoh, that if we don't stop these people, if someone attacks us, they're going to join the attackers and swallow us up and we'll be gone. So we need to start wiping out the Hebrew boys. We're going to take them all out. So he talks to the midwives and said, midwives, when they start to have a baby, you catch that baby. If it's a baby boy, kill it. So the midwives wouldn't do that. So they went to Pharaoh and said, Pharaoh called them in. Why aren't you doing that? Well, the Hebrew women, they're stronger. They're more vigorous. By the time we get there, the baby's already born. So Moses got to be born and not his life not taken. How would you like, sisters, to have that kind of situation? You have a baby boy and someone there's going to kill it. Think you might have some feeling about that? <laughs> kill that baby boy? Well... So the mama takes the baby boy, loves that baby boy, makes a basket, floats him in the river. But sister, bigger sister's there in the bulrushes hiding, watching that baby boy. And lo and behold, here comes Pharaoh's daughter down to bathe in the river with her maidens. And she spots the basket. And they bring the basket over to her. She opens up the little the top and it's a beautiful baby boy she says a Hebrew baby and then the daughter goes over there not the yeah the, the daughter the, the sister and ask the, the Hebrew the uh, uh, daughter of Pharaoh would you like me to go find a nurse for that boy <laughs> yeah go find a nurse <laughs> where does she think she goes where do you think she goes Pauline the mama <laughs> What a story! Aren't you already just moved to tears that God weeds a servant, they're out to kill him, and this story of this boy and this little, he was crying, three months old in a basket, to be just sailed down the river. God spares him in a miraculous way and takes him to the mom. The mom nurses him. He becomes part of Pharaoh's, the daughter adopts him as her child, names him Moses because I took him out of the bulrushes. And so this boy grows up a Hebrew, but he's in Egypt. And he's in Pharaoh's house. He's being trained by the top of Pharaoh's educational system. So he is educated. That's why I told you, get your education. Study hard. Learn. So that would be, you'll be more useful to the Lord someday. And so the education occurs, and then this incident happens among an Egyptian and a Hebrew where there's a skirmish, and Moses sees it. So he comes out, looks that way, looks that way, no one's looking, strikes the Egyptian buries him, takes off. The very next day, he goes out. And now, two of the Hebrews, his brothers, are skirmishing. One pushes one away, and Moses steps in, hey, stop, come on, you brothers. And that one says, hey, you're going to kill me like you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Moses didn't think the news was out. He thought no one saw 
And so then Pharaoh, fi Pharaoh finds out, so what, is, what, what does Moses do now? Pharaoh says, I'm going to kill Moses. So Moses hits the road. Forty years old, he heads out to the wilderness and spends the next 40 years on the backside or in the wilderness. Actually, the wilderness that the children of Israel are going to go into, he's there for 40 years. And what is he doing? What is he, what is he doing for 40 years in the wilderness? What is his occupation? Shepherding. Now imagine this, going from the top dog in all the house, Pharaoh, and running Egypt, to now he's out in the wilderness, and he's not with people, but he's with a bunch of stinky, smelly sheep. <laughs> he, was with, he was with all the intellects and the ruler getting all this education. And now, from the height to the bottom. So, now he's about 80. So what good would an 80-year-old person be, 40 years with the sheep, how in the world could he be useful to God? Well, this is when God calls him. And it's a very striking way that he's called. And that's the main point for tonight. I want you to catch this great sight. If you get nothing else from tonight, I want you to pick up this great sight. So let's look at this scripture. It's under God's calling. We'll have to skip over two for time, sake of time. Uh, go to God's calling. Sketch, sketch of Exodus was just a review of last week. So let's go to God's calling. How about we have this side of the room on uh, the first verse, and we'll go to the second verse over here, and we'll just alternate and read through these 12 verses so you'll get the picture. You ready? Y'all going to start? Ready? Okay, read together. Go. the hand of 
ages, and to bring them up out of that land to a good and spacious land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh, and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? And he said, Surely I will be with you, and this shall be the sign for you that I have sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will serve God upon this mountain. Good. Okay, this mountain, this Mount Oreb, where the burning bush is, and where eventually he uh, receives the Ten Commandments. So he wasn't just going to see this vision, this great side of the burning bush, but one day he would be getting the commandments from God, the revelation of God, and delivering that to God's people. So let's go back to the first verse. He was shepherding the flock, and uh, he led the flock to the back of the wilderness. So, in our experience, it could be that uh, the, when the Lord called you, and you're here in this room because you have been called by God, it could have occurred, and it often, likely, often occurs when you are on the back side of things. Your situation, you're dissatisfied, you're discontent, and you're walking on that journey, and someone's waiting for you. You were not thinking you were going to meet God or God was going to meet you, but he arranged your circumstances, and maybe you're a little disheartened. And at some point in your life, God appeared. Is that your case in some cases? That was my case in my life when I first received Jesus Christ. I was on the backside. And there the Lord was when I least expected it. And he's the only one that could have helped. So it's quite often that this happens in a person's life. And uh, at this point, he was shepherding. So uh, that means he had all the book knowledge and the experience in Pharaoh's house, but he needed more experience shepherding. Uh, the Lord used another person, David, who had shepherded to lead God's people. So you read this, Moses was shepherding the flock of Jethro, and he led the flock to the back of the wilderness. So actually this is prophetic. The, the sheep he's going to be leading out are actually the children of Israel. He's going to take them to the same mountain, and God's going to reveal himself for all the people. So we're looking at what's down the road for Moses right here. In reality, not just with some stinky, smelly, physical sheep, but God's people who are likened to sheep in the Bible for obvious reasons. We won't get into that tonight. So God appears, and to apply this in our situation... Some of you are in Bible studies. Raise your hand if you're a student and you're, or just anybody who's in a Bible study. We have a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday Bible study. Raise your hand up. Great. 
Most of you. Okay, raise your hand up if you're thinking about that you've done this summer internship program or you're going to do it this summer. Raise your hand up. Very good. Okay, so with the Bible studies, you're getting a lot of information. Some of you are even practice speaking to each other. But what needs to happen? You need experience with the sheep. That means it's good to get all the teaching and the practice, but what about going out on the UT campus and among the people and learning how to take care of people? Moses got 40 years experience of this, brothers and sisters, before God said okay. And that's what the internship's about. It's about being on the campus with people and learning and applying and getting experience with what we've been loading up in our mind and we've been learning revelation from God. But we need practical experience if we're going to be really useful to the Lord and serve him like Moses, who is the standard model of servants, then we need this kind of experience. That's why the internship is such an awesome thing to get experience. Yeah, there'll be a lot of aspects of it. We'll be in the Bible. We'll be fellowshipping. But there's, there's a chance to get full-time experience with God's people. It's not just limited to summer. I mean, fall and spring, we can also have this kind of outreach. But right now, you're in school. I just saw a couple people walk out. Probably they got a test or something tonight. So their time is kind of used up. But the summer, wow. Just give it to the Lord. And get some experience with the people. Okay, the main point we're getting to here is this great sight. <laughs> so what's the point with the thorn bush? We have the shepherding, the people going to the mountain. He's going to bring these people out. But the Lord needs to show him something about himself. And that thorn bush actually typifies what? Who? Who? What? What? Us. Moses. That was, a, that was God's view of Moses. You are the thorn bush. So you have to realize that uh, this is just a result of the fall where we poke each other. We're, we're hard to touch. You all look so nice here tonight and proper and gentlemen and ladies, but inside we know the corruption. We know the, ow, oh, he poked me again, ow, oh, ow. Anytime you get around, when, ow, oh, no, she looks so nice, look at me. You look so, oh, she just got me again. Because the corruption inside, the life we got from the Adamic fall is just as corrupted. You can make, you can make it look pretty good on the outside, but mm -mm, it's no good for God. And so the thorn bush is there burning. A flame of fire is burning, but what's happening? The bush itself is not consumed. Look at this. It says, this great sight, why the thorn bush does not burn up. So you have this great sight of Moses, who would be serving the Lord, but he's not serving out of his natural strength, his natural life, all the things he accumulated in Egypt. Nope. 
They have to pass through death and enter into resurrection. Then you can really serve me. So all the things we're doing or we've done to build up our natural life, God can use that if it passes through death and resurrection. There's brothers among us that are serving. They didn't just get their undergraduate. They got a Ph.D. at UT. So they got trained by some taskmasters, and then one day the Lord said, now you just set that aside and serve me with your full time. What do you think about that, Carl? But a Ph.D. from UT, do you know what you can rack up in the world with that, bro? And just go to be among some stinky, <laughs> pokey, thorny 18-year-olds? No way. But God has a way. So the burning bush shows us, but in serving the Lord and God's calling, we're not the fuel. And this is what I want you to catch. The, the bush was not burned up. Why was the bush burning, but not consumed? It didn't consume the bush itself. It was using another fuel. It wasn't using its natural fuel. It was using another fuel. What fuel was it using? Louder. G-O-D. God. So this is a real standard for our serving, is that we're serving, yes, it looks like a jet, I'm sorry, I don't know your name, bro. What is your name? Grant. Grant. It looks like a Grant. It walks like a Grant. But it's God who's coming out. That's a great sight. That's attractive. Isn't that attractive? It looks like a Brittany. It talks like a Brittany. But it's God. Wow. That's a great sight. And the fuel never runs out. This burn. And in this bush, God appeared. The angel Jehovah is mainly Christ appearing in the midst. So from within our being, we get called from within. You're here tonight because you're called. You're restless. You maybe didn't want to go this way, but God wants you. So maybe some wrestling, some struggling, but eventually that call within has resulted in your seeking the Lord. And the more you get to know that life within you, it's kind of like the Bible says last two weeks, a vessel, the thorn bush is a vessel, and Christ in the vessel, God. God was in that thorn bush. God was in Moses as a fuel to serve God and bring, what is it, a couple million people out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Pretty awesome. So the point I want to leave you with is those of us who are called this way and are serving. By the way, all the ones in Egypt that were called served. Everybody that came out of Egypt served. It wasn't just some that were God's people and then just a little bit served, all of them. So we're all serving. Some of you get the opportunity to do it this summer full time. Some of you are taking even more time this spring to prepare for the summer so we get a chance to serve and to let that service be 
God in us, enjoying this life within us. Okay, I've used more time than I planned on. I'd like to go ahead with the summer internship sharing. I think I've already introduced it pretty well. We have a little video, a few minute video maybe we could play to set it up and then we'll let some of the students share. Uh, we're going to have to forego the reading. It's excellent reading about tonight's topic. You can take it home and tonight before you go to bed with your roommate, you can dive into that. We didn't even touch things like the holy ground uh, and the good land. Uh, so keep going. <laughs>